Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Cortisol levels in hair could reveal how stressed you've been. A group of researchers from the National Institute of Public Health in Mexico City and the University of Iceland has discovered data that may one day allow physicians to measure a patient's recent stress levels by examining the levels of cortisol in their hair. Cortisol, also referred to as hydrocortisone, is a type of steroid produced by the adrenal gland. It has a wide range of uses and is produced in large quantities when humans are under stress. It's sometimes referred to as the stress hormone. Blood, saliva, urine, and now hair can all be used to assess the stress hormone. As compared to the others, measuring cortisol levels in hair has many benefits for both the patient and the physician. It offers a cumulative and retroactive assessment of systemic cortisol secretion for periods up to six months, after which cortisol tends to decrease in hair. Research on stress exposure, including the consequences of persistent psychological stress, make it an excellent biomarker. It's also a non-invasive, painless method that allows for easy and field-friendly sample collection by non-professionals. Hair samples do not decompose like body fluids, which makes longer-term storage at room temperature feasible. Lastly, hair cortisol likely reflects free, unbound cortisol and thus less susceptible to typical confounds such as oral contraceptive usage seen in salivary serum cortisol research. The researchers claim that their research showing cortisol levels on a person's hair can act as an indicator of current stress levels. They recognize that such a test would have to consider additional variables, such as the usage of specific medications or the presence of benign tumors, which could also have resulted in increases in cortisol production. So it's well known that stress can lead to sickness. The evidence for stress as a cause of a range of diseases in modern industrial societies has been growing stronger in recent decades. Cortisol levels in hair may be utilized as a retrospective biomarker of high cortisol production after substantial life stressors and possibly long-term psychological disease, which has important implications for research, clinical practice, and public health. Given the positive findings of the study, improved techniques to tackle stress may soon be on the horizon. Why is women's health so under-researched? Gynecological and reproductive health has dominated women's health for too long. Certainly, this is because women experience more reproductive health events than men. There is, however, a problem with this approach. Reproductive health can't act as the foundation of all that women's health can be. In comparison to men, women face a 20% increased risk of developing heart failure or dying within five years of their first severe heart attack 
and are more likely to become disabled during their lifetimes. In other words, women's health is not limited to only reproductive health. Women are challenged by a system that was created by and for mm-hmm. men. In our society, and particularly in healthcare, being a woman comes at a high price. Even at work, women are faced with occupational hazards. Temperatures in buildings are set based on the metabolic rates of men, and women account for nearly two-thirds of workplace injuries caused by assaults, presumably by men. And female healthcare providers are at higher risk as a result of ill-fitting personal protective equipment, PPEs, which are designed by the standard U.S. face shape of men. In the past, pregnancy tests required a doctor's analysis to prove positive or negative results. That was until Margaret Crane realized there was a way to eliminate the middleman and create a convenient, affordable, and private way to take a pregnancy test at home. Her male managers initially resisted her efforts, believing women could not handle this information and would become hysterical, oh my gosh, if they found out they were pregnant. Years later, male executives wanted at-home pregnancy tests to be designed with flowers and frills. Wow. It, those of you who are listening to us, Dr. Daria and I can see each other as we're recording. And apparently I have been making some faces during this story. <laughs> Women's health and well-being must be considered in the healthcare system beyond the biomedical model. In a patriarchal society, navigating the healthcare system and cultural factors play an important role in one's health. It is also important to include and consider the needs of women and female reproductive organs who do not identify as women and men without female sex organs who experience oppression because of their gender identity, as well as someone else affected by the current baseline inequities in our healthcare system. Hope, I'm going to just step aside here and let you just provide commentary. <laughs> I'm just really blown away. You know, I, as a woman, and we've talked about it on this podcast, the oppressions that women go through daily. And then you add on if there's other intersectionalities like being a woman of color, being a woman with a disability, like those oppressions. Being are a trans just, woman. Being a trans woman, right? Like those oppressions. A queer woman. Just, right. Thank yes. you. A queer black woman. <laughs> a queer black woman, right. It's <laughs> right. just, you know, the level of oppression just continues to rise, right? So it's like we notice, and unfortunately, a lot of us have just like, well, what can I do? I just have to live with it. But then when you're putting your face how much the system is designed to not take us into account at all. I'm feeling disillusioned, disheartened, upset. And then it's comical. Like, wait, you wanted the pregnancy test designed with flowers and frills? Like, what's so? What does that matter? A positive or negative with a flower attached? Does it help or hurt something? I don't understand. I just well, don't understand. I, I mean... <laughs> You know, we talk a lot about on this podcast because I asked the writers to focus on period poverty. But when you look at menstrual products, the flowers and the frills and the femininity that's associated with that, it's kind of like the same thing about pink for girls and blue for boys. You know, Mm -hmm. my wife who makes clothing for her nephew nieces, she'll make these frilly dresses with rocket ships and and, Mm -hmm. and equations Mm -hmm. on them, you know, to break that mold. But Getting back to the importance of this article again, I was unaware of the rapid pregnancy test that there was a middleman that you had to go to a doctor to get your pregnancy status assured. Mm -hmm. But how somebody broke that mold and all of the people in the company, the men in the company were like, no, no, 
right. and still need to be in charge. And I bet you there's this unconsciousness to that patriarchy. Now there should be a consciousness to there it. should be, yes. And the fact that we're still living within it is frustrating. Yeah. And I 100% agree with everything you said. And I was going to say, you know, I grew up in a home where my mom was able to stay home. And so women were not in the workplace when I was growing up. And so we see these sorts of conversations now because we do have women in the workplace. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are able to stop. I don't think it's happening fast enough. I don't right. think it's happening near enough. Right. But we see how important it is to have women, women of color, women that are of trans experience, mm-hmm. you know, women of color who are of trans experience. They're important mm-hmm. to be in the workplace to bring all perspectives to the table. That's right. Yes. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast, follow us on social media, and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Pickerson, at hopepickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D R D E R Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right.